All right, guys. So we're back here at Just Figuring It Out podcast. We got a very special episode today with Dr. Robert McGrath. What's going on? What's going on, Rob? What's going on? Happy to be here, gentlemen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy, man. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Mm -hmm. So I've been on this planet for 54 years. Okay. Seems like a little longer. Uh, training now, and I had to think about this. I thought about this this morning. I've been training collectively for about 42 years now. Yeah. 42 years. 42. So say three for 42 years. Started when I was 12. Wow. Yeah. What? Okay, so real quick, um, what got you start? Like, what attracted you to fitness to realizing at 12? Because most 12 year olds are not trying to do that. What got you into that? Well, great question. So, uh, I was a nice hockey player. So, I never wanted to be anything else. Had no plan B. That was it. So, whatever I had to do to help facilitate that goal, that's what I did. So, back then at 12, it was largely dry land, body weight type of things, a little bit of weights, a little bit of dumbbells, um, but not but not much. So, that was my, that was my introduction into it um i guess maybe maybe a couple years later there was a summer that went by and you know my father was very very type a he's that pushed that grind and told me that i looked like a pear that's something you can't forget no you look like a pear this day so to this day i am yeah i am the anti-pear so that's that's really what that just stuck with me well you can see i don't obviously know your father but you can see where that a-type might have um worked on you just because the way that you work is very much so a-type uh no bs no playing around yep guys take a look at his instagram you will see all the results uh the results from that um yeah definitely seems very a-type it is so yeah so i'm highly i'm highly structured but uh you know everything that to get where you know from from point a to point b i think that you have to have you have to have a plan like if you don't have a plan you're not going to get there i mean everybody can climb a ladder but if the ladder's on the wrong wall you're never going to you're not going to get get to the top but like what's what's there for you so you have to have a structured plan so i still follow that to this day huge so so what would you say your why was to keep on going for all those years so it's it's changed over the years okay dramatically Mm -hmm. um so initially it was just to reach the top and playing ice hockey and i got there for a couple of years i I played and earned a paycheck for it oh okay that came when that came to an end i still had that drive in me but i had nowhere to focus it so you know, I focused it focused it on school, one. So I went back to school and finished and, you know, got my degrees. Uh, and then I started competing you know, with bodybuilding. So did that for a few years. Um, How old were you at that time with bodybuilding? So that was, uh, I stopped playing when I was 19. Uh, so 20, 20 years old. And it was when I, when I started and competed for a couple of years. You know, state shows, that was it. Never went on past that. Um, but... Yeah, I just kept that drive and discipline and, and focus. Um, so that was that was it. And then from there, that's really changed over the years. And sure. once you once you have a family, I mean, sure. you know, my whole purpose and direction has changed. Yeah, understandably. Now, in your years of um, fitness, or even with hockey, was there ever a point where you were? Just completely fatigued, where you just stopped, oh, where you took a break. Like everyone takes a hiatus at some point in their fitness oh, you career. Can't force into a break. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, more of more of forced into the break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I was so, and this is really with with everything. So I'm not the most gifted individual. So intellectually, physically, like everything that I have, you work for I, I, I like I'll just put my head down. So you know, I graduated with a doctoral degree. Magna cum laude, but I was not gifted. Like I had to drive everything into my head twice as long as anybody else. So you had to talk it into existence. Yeah, learning disabilities, kid. Like you know, and I guess you don't get rid of dyslexia, but like you know, so you know, all that stuff. You know, I just carried it with me. And yeah. Then, you know, physical issues that I've had as a mm-hmm. kid. So both of my feet were casted. So you know, I learned to walk with a bar in between my feet. Mm. So it would have been you know like severely. Mm. pigeon-toed okay um 
so you know from that to being on the ice so like everything that i've done that's a whole new meaning to barbell king yeah <laughs> <laughs> barbell doctor barbell doctor take the king i might change he said yeah. he said right he pulls out his phone out yeah so it's it's um he said i only ask that only because i feel like so many people um who want to work out or who want to start their new year's resolution they're always like oh well this happened in xyz and they lack the consistency yeah right and um it, it gets very frustrating to just tell them like at some point you have to just Put your head down and just do it. Absolutely. And stay consistent. You're going to have mess ups. You're going to have screw ups. You're going to have X, Y, Z happen in life, right? This is life that we're living. Yeah. But I think so many people are just so quick to bitch about that. So like Robbie said last, like Robbie said last episode, remember he said his dad said, just do it even if it's wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's what Robbie said. So many people are afraid to just do it to mess up. Yep. That's where you can get the best out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very mean, frustrating. So you either, you either win you never lose you're either going to win or learn lessons yeah that's it so one of one of the two and you know you're most so you know i was talking to a client the other day about this and, and she went to go see her nephew compete i think mm-hmm. he does uh he's like on the, on the cheer squad uh with one of the with one of the high schools and uh they didn't they didn't come out on top and i said you know you'll always learn more mm-hmm. from not placing first absolutely as opposed to placing first. It's in those moments of failure where you quote unquote failure is when you actually, like I said, like you said, when you take those moments to realize and reflect, okay, this is the lesson. Oh, what was I supposed to learn out of this? Can be kryptonite later on. Yeah, you don't know adversity. Yeah. You don't know what you're gonna do until you really yeah. fall down. Right? True. Yeah, it's all it's all about perspective and the questions that you ask yourself. So if you if you ask yourself, you know, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. You're gonna get all the wrong answers like exactly. why why couldn't i play right pro for another year well right. because i'm not big enough i'm not strong enough i don't have like you see how you start to go down mm-hmm. that absolutely rabbit hole as opposed to what does this mean yeah. and how can this and those are empowering questions yeah it's empowering yeah. yeah so from there you're going to get all the right answers like well how can i this is great. Well, now I can empower myself by going back to school. Yeah, sure. Like it's great that I'm playing with thirty-year-old men. That you know their their reason for being was to work in steel mills and breweries in yeah. Canada. Like that's great. But you know I have an alternative to that, an opportunity to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do, and that's why this happened. Not because you know I have all those other deficits so robert uh when we talk about like hey you know everything was happening for a reason right did you always have the mentality of you know this is either a win or a lesson or did you have to develop that no so that that came that came over time and that came over lots of therapy and like it's so as as an athlete as that type a personality Mm -hmm. just driven into me to win 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 at all costs i mean and then when you fall short of that how do you like, how do you feel oh man so I, I think yeah i think that's what sets a lot of people up for failure as well is yeah it's okay to be dedicated and go after a goal but understand that there's detours mm-hmm. there's side streets Absolutely. sometimes there's a sidewalk um, yeah. that you need to take um just because you need to take a pit stop doesn't mean that's the end all be all and you're a failure right now correct because life is very life yeah. is very just unorthodox you really it would be very foolish to just set your plan and think this is exactly how it's going to go. You may break your leg that day and it may completely deter you onto a whole different path. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But things, things have evolved. Things have evolved over the years. Like we just think a little bit differently now. When I was growing up, it was, you know, like, shut up, don't cry, handle your business. And that's it. Man up. But now it's, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different now. And, you know, even even sports psychology. I mean, what the guys have access to now is. I mean, it's it's massive. Like, mindset is everything. Sometimes you got to know to play your role. Like in sports, team sports especially. Maybe you ain't Michael Jordan. You could be Robert Horry. You could be the guy that makes the big shots. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. You know your spot, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and that's and that's, and that's, when that's I, yeah. When I was when I was playing, it was I was. I was support. I was a dog. I was a grunt. Like, yeah. I meant to hit, fight, like, yeah. play my role. Like, I was never going to score 50 goals. Right. Like, that's just not, mm-hmm. not me. I didn't have that talent. But you need to, you need to have an understanding of that. You know, so you have to, you have to define what is, what is successful. Because if you don't define it, so like, 
what's success? Well, I want to win a bodybuilding show. All right, so you want some shitty <laughs> show like yeah. what? Now you're gonna now you're gonna be Mr. Olympia? Like no, like okay, maybe the goal is yeah. to compete to get down to that level of conditioning, and that is a huge success. Sure. And you realize like okay, this is what it is, and now we're gonna now we're gonna move. We're gonna move on from that. Yeah. Those goals have to be defined. If not, you're just gonna be chasing your tail. You're spinning always, wheels. Absolutely. You're always have, going have to be the goal. Always yeah. going to be let down. Yeah. So, like, you're a very accomplished man. So you went to school. You got your MD, right? Uh, DC. D, you're, you're DC. My apologies. So you got your DC. So with obtaining all that and doing what you do now, balance is weird, right? So did you probably didn't have much balance? But I still don't have much balance. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you know. So I was, I literally was talking to Frank about this the other day. I rolled in and he's like, Don't you want a flight last night? I'm like, Yeah, 1 30. Like, oh, like, wow, respect for even getting here. Yeah, he's like, how, how many hours do you sleep a night? I said, I don't know, maybe four, five, if I'm lucky. Sure. Like, how about you? Same. He follows the same schedule. Same thing, man. Yeah, same. Like, so there's no there's a balance, but I think. There's a there's a fine line. So I know when to turn it off. And when I have mm -hmm. those moments when I'm with my daughter or my wife like this phone goes away like you need to have yeah presentness and a focus yeah so i don't ever want to be that guy like that wasn't there i'm not there a lot of the time so like correct you, are, you want to be present be there 100 yeah, yeah. you know and that's the same thing with with physicians so like as a physician you can spend 30 minutes inside of an office doing a consult with somebody and if you're that guy where you just don't hear it and you're going to dictate, and they, they don't perceive that as any type of appreciable time that you spent. But you can spend three minutes with them and really connect. Absolutely. And have an understanding and have empathy and tell them, all right, this is the problem. This is the solution. This is how we're going to move forward. You've spent an hour with that patient. Absolutely. So it's empathy. So yeah. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, I... I I'm still Joe, still trying to find balance, but I think truly like those people that are super, super, super successful at what they do. I don't know if it's ever no. Really I was gonna say I agree with you. I think I don't yeah. think balance is a thing, and I think we've been taught that, um, yep. especially in Western tradition, to chase the white picket fence and you yeah. know the nice safe neighborhood. And although that is obtainable, even then, when you get there, you're still gonna have challenges in that realm yeah so i think chasing a balance has definitely set me up for failure yeah yeah sure. i love who i am i love what i do from what i love my family and i'm doing it for them mm -hmm. how do i say which love is more important at this moment this time because you might be with your family you do the right thing you know right from wrong but after yeah. hour two I'm going to get back to that. Were you on my flight? <laughs> so it, it is, it is a, it is a challenge. And I think there, there needs to be, look, to make any relationship work and whether that's with your, you know, with your children, with your spouse, your significant other, there, there comes, there has to be a level of compromise there. So, you know, we're not, we're not the same individual. I'm extremely type A and rigid and, you know, if we're going to dinner at 5.30, like, I'm ready at 5 after 5. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? So, yeah, but she's she's not. But, you know, I have to, I, I get you, this. Have to you have to appreciate the differences. Absolutely. You balance each other up. Absolutely. Yeah. You need that. Yin and yang. And yeah. so, yeah, one of the things that I appreciated most about her was, like, how, like, how do you, there's no words figured out. You jump and the net will appear. I'm not jumping at all. It's a cliff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, me. But so I, I had that appreciation. And sometimes it can be, yeah. you know, it can be a double edged sword to where you, you know, you just get frustrated with. It. But yeah, so I, I, it's a, it's a constant struggle between wanting to produce and, you know, having to pull those reins back and be truly present. But I, mm -hmm. I, I, so thus the, sleeping for four hours or getting here so i try to get my things done at a certain time so i have the rest of the day awesome yeah them. we're we're very similar in that. yeah yes, extremely similar yeah because if i don't get it done and, yeah, and, and it's funny that you said this that like i'm not i don't consider myself a bodybuilder anymore like i do it because i love the challenge i want to stress mm -hmm. and test my body 
and it puts me in a good mental space. I say I'm not here, yeah. and I don't do those things, man, I'm a monster. I say that all the time. I'm, I'm a totally different person. Yep. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not proud of it. No. I'm, well, we talked about it last, you leave, we talked about it last you episode. Like, you're not with your family. Yeah. You're not at work. You're not doing nothing. Yeah. You're in your little battle, your little moment yeah. at the time. And that helps you rejuvenate yeah. and seem like you can get back to these other things. Yeah. Yes. And we yeah. talked about it last episode. A lot of men suffer in silence mm-hmm. with a lot of shit yep. internally. So the gym is a one place where you can really kind of, like you said, let your demons out earlier. You oh, can yeah. really like unleash um, a lot of mental clarity, a lot of times things that you've been pondering on for years, mm-hmm. you just get a good session in and yep. the answer will finally come to you. Yep. It's like, man, I've been waiting on this answer for seven years in the middle of a bench press and I finally get it. Mm-hmm. You and know? you may not get it, but you might have released a little stress. And or that, the bare minimum, that, the bare minimum of that. Yeah, that's why I speak it's very important for men to just stay active, be active, um, put your body at work. But touching on that too real quick about um, understanding your partner, um, I was doing research on love languages mm-hmm. and I realized that my fiance, her, one of her biggest love languages is uh, quality time. Yeah. My version of quality time is we could be in the room, like put on the TV or watch The Sopranos while she's playing on her phone or while I'm reading. That's fine. We don't have to talk. Yep. Her version of quality time, also being a woman, she needs eye contact. She needs yes, babe. She needs validation. She needs me to actually listen. Yeah. So when I'm on my phone or when I'm preparing for something, I have to realize, okay, let me put this down because her version of quality time is different from mine. I think quality time, uh, which yeah. is wrong. I'm just in the room with you. That's what I'm saying. That's what I be thinking. We don't, talk, that. we don't need to talk. We just have, sit there. Yeah. Why did you yeah. hold love? I mean, but you know women like mm-hmm. to connect mm-hmm. and all that. I used to lose that part. Mm-hmm. I, I did as, lose that As men, never say anything that doesn't improve upon silence, right? Like, we're good with that. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're a different, it's a different species, man. So, you know, like, we we honor above all else, and this is just my opinion, respect. Yep. Comes first. With, with women, it's all about security. Nurturing, it's, yeah. Yep. It's and, and and how you can cultivate that that nurturing relationship. So for them, it's that one on one time. It's touch. It's eye contact. It's talking through things, not to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Like I want to talk about just it. Just to hear. We just I, want you to I, hear. I don't, I don't. I don't have time to talk. I'll just. I'll give you. How about if I give you the solution? I literally said yeah. this last and episode. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Bro, you can give them the uh-huh. the absolute one hundred percent solution, and they're still upset with you because right. the premise is you just listening. I okay? learned from that. You want to feel hurt. I learned from that. Like yeah. if I see you venting, and too many times we bump heads, I'm gonna let you vent. Mm-hmm. And I know the answer. Instead of me intervening, I'm going to start agreeing with you. Right, right. And guide her slowly. You're okay. smart, girl. Eventually, you're going to see you did this and this. Yeah. And come back for us. Yes, that us bumping heads in the Yeah. Right on the mic. Yeah, so I'm not the brightest bulb. <laughs> so it's taken me years to understand that. And still to this day, I still struggle. Yeah. Like, let's bring it back to quality time you guys were talking about. Me and her, me and my significant other, like, we struggle with quality time, even though we're home a lot. Um, I'm always on my phone. I think it's an addiction. It sucks. And I know it, and I still fall into the trap. So you say you're able to just put your phone down and focus with your family. So what would your advice be to me? Besides the simple, just put the phone down. Like I've really struggled with it. I don't- You have have scheduled, and back to my rigidity, you have scheduled phone downtime, period, done. And, and and, And the three things about that, you need to, one, make it easy. So it's like the same thing I tell my clients about food prep. Like, okay, I got to remember to prep my meals. Like, put your put your Tupperware then mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You can't miss it. Mm-hmm. So you have to make it obvious. You have to make it easy, yeah. right? So A, obvious, It's this is the time. So from seven to nine, when I'm with her, like, that's the time. The parameters are set. Done. Make it easy. Take your phone, go and put it in a drawer somewhere. Sure. You can't have it. Yeah, put it in your you phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you need to celebrate that win. Like a stupid and look, I'm not a I'm not a celebrator. Because anything that I accomplish, anything that I do, I was supposed to do it. That's just drilled into my head. Wow. You were supposed to do this. I don't get to celebrate. I don't give myself that. But you have to celebrate that. You have to recognize it. Like, mm. all right, I did this. How'd this feel? Like, what was that? What was that level of connection like? Right. And then it's more repeatable after that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It yeah. becomes a pattern. Yeah, because yeah. I used to struggle with that too, constantly being on my phone, especially with social media as that got, started getting bigger. Um, yeah. I still put my do. phone in my room. Mm-hmm. I literally put it in the living room and we sit and we I just have downtime. Absolutely. And I can't. Start. You know what I do? I, I take the role 
I'm gonna go cook dinner for us. So if I'm cooking, I can't be on the phone. Too. I'm still on my phone. Yeah. Oh, I'll do that. <laughs> I do But if I'm in my pocket and I have and I have phone downtime, yeah. and that thing vibrates. I'm like, this could be something important. Like, this this could be somebody trying to get in touch with me. And like, now I just broke my own rule, so it goes away. Like, other rule here. And I think it's very hard too when when it comes to entrepreneurship. Like when you're your own boss, of course. When that phone rings, it's it's like okay, yes. I really got to take this. And I'm realizing that now, being in this field. Um, I'm always having my phone on me. Yeah. My girl's like, can you just put the phone down for a little bit? And I'm like, but the guys, they, it may be important, but I'm learning. Yeah. You just got to detect. It's only 12 minutes. 12 minutes, 10 minutes, 15. Yep. Put it down. Yeah. And like I was getting ready to say, um, so every evening we've been starting this thing where we have some time where we put our phones away and we start off with three questions. How are you feeling after the whole day? How do you feel emotionally? How do you feel physically? And how do you feel mentally? That's your And that's literally how we kind of start digging in and we can just go in on conversation just from there. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing. It really works. I feel like that's a fine line if you're an entrepreneur, right? Because like you own practices, you have to answer people because they're reliant on you, but so is your family. Yeah. So it's like, do you understand where I'm driving with I this? Do. Like, it's like, like, okay, I need to answer them, but would 30 minutes really be catastrophic? So I understand. Yeah, here's the thing, and you're you're in sales, and you do it at such a high level, right? But and I go back to thinking about this, and I have I've had people tell me this that are much more successful than what I'll ever be, and that if you don't get back to that person, you're really gonna you're really gonna lose that. Like that person has had the same experience. Like they're gonna understand. I I get it if it's three o'clock in the afternoon and like. Where's this guy? Like, yeah, if you go back to nine, ten, we know that's like, yeah. If it's later in the, like, it doesn't, like, there isn't anything more important. I said this to my daughter the other day, and she's like, "Daddy, can you help me with this?" And I was on my phone. I said, "Of course, there's nothing more important than you." Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. And really, there there isn't. But, so yeah. that's like downtime. I should have been present. Like, she caught me on it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But but you acknowledge that absolutely. That's that's that's, that's yep. yeah. yeah. What's the longest you say you can put the phone down? That you see, kind of like roundabout. You looked at the clock, like, yo, I ain't touched it. Two minutes. <laughs> no, like yesterday. So yesterday was yesterday was a good day. So my phone, and I'm I'm chronically in the red, right? So it's that's how much I'm on that that damn device, chronically in the red. So yesterday was sledding day. Like train legs. I'm walking around like a cripple. My daughter says, "Daddy, like we're gonna go sledding today, right?" And I'm right. like, "Yeah, we're gonna go sledding." Like so, I <laughs> squeeze into this snowsuit, like. <laughs> So we go and left my phone at home. So that was a good, that was a good two and a half, two and a half hours. And then I'm wishing that I had it because I'm like, oh, I wish I would have gotten some videos of this or done that. But I think it was more important not to have it, to have that. The just get videos from being, it. Yes. When I saw something else. Just it's presentness. You were being, you were more in the moment with your daughter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I understand. I think that's what we all, I think we all need like validation. I don't want to speak for you guys, but everybody needs, they feel like they needs to be recorded. Right for like when I go to concerts, I never go on my phone. My girl's always on her phone, no recording videos, and I'm just like, damn, I just want to be present. But I think that's lacking. So what you just said with your daughter, like, hey, you're like, oh, I wish I had it, but I really don't think I don't think you feel that because you were you were two and a half hours, yeah. just strict time with your daughter. There's going to be nothing in the world that's more valuable than that. You know, the vast majority of the time, I forgot that I didn't have it. Yeah. You know, but then like, in that one moment yeah that one moment where i'm standing at the top of the hill and she's writing down with her friends i'm like oh this would have been a good time mm -hmm. right back right back to it so I, I think it just takes time like anything else to you know to build up that muscle to where you say okay this is this is what i do yeah this is a separate time like this is family time this is sacred like mm -hmm. yeah no this is good stuff because like i said i struggle with my phone and yeah. you're opening my eyes to different methods of how to start weaning off of it yeah because it's a sickness. I have no problem saying it. Speaking of though, it is. What I wanted to do, what I want to do to restore my dopamine, um, is is a, a YouTube channel called Yes Theory. Uh, shout out guys. Um, but they do challenges, and the whole point is to say yes to everything. And one of the challenges were um to spend a certain amount of time. It was a significant amount of time. I want to say like four or five days in darkness. They're in this little cabin. It's darkness. And that's the way they live for three to four days. I know it sounds crazy. Aaron Rodgers. You're completely isolated. Yeah. <laughs> and when you come out, you have a totally different perspective and appreciation yeah. for the finer details of life. Do the trees blow in the wind. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at all these people who have done it and they're just sitting there like, wow, I didn't realize I took my eyesight and colors for granted. You take things for granted yeah. all 
That's sort of like water fasting, right? There's a lot of studies behind that. Anytime you fast, I would probably I would probably die, but yeah. Water fasting. No, no, no. It's just water. Yeah, just water. From food? Yes. For like be around the loved ones or nobody though, right? No, because he's gonna act out. No, no, it's not as true. There's no such thing as happy, hungry people. I'm hungry. There's no need because certain people ask different things of probably not in my best state i'm hungry i want a platter wait do you fast i'll tell you i do but in my work i may do 10 12 hours i don't eat at work okay. so because of my hours if i eat eat makes me tired sometimes right it makes you so tired. And, you, and you drive you said, yeah, yeah so drive, i, yeah. I kind of don't eat it might be 10 12 hours every night i don't mean to do yeah. it right Okay. Used to well, if you said so, intention, if you said happy, hungry, say, say, well, there's the no such thing as happy, hungry people. I agree to an extent. I think if you set the intentions when you start to fast, you you will hit a, a level of euphoria what? that is un, oh, out of this. I, bro, food, I fasted for three. Bro, when, I fasted for three days unintentionally, and then it yeah. became intentional. Yeah, it was a euphoric feeling that to this day I'm like I want to get back to that. Yeah. And there's so a point, I do agree. There's a point if you ride that out where you're no longer hungry. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's that desire. I'm talking about it's that. like habitual. Right here. Of course. So when you hunger. when you start to get hungry, like sometimes you got to ask yourself, why am I hungry? Do I really need to eat? I just because it becomes like a habit. Your your body is so trained to be like, okay, I have to eat it this time. I like to chew. I like right, to but sometimes. you like like to and need to are two different things. Like no, 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 but that's what I'm saying. So it's it's actually if you break it down, you can probably classify it as some type of addiction. Because if you chew, I don't be hungry sometimes. But I'm not trying to be funny, bro. That's probably that's a clear indication that you probably want to start practice fasting. It doesn't have to be long. But if you're doing that, I can't the refrigerator. I keep full. Well, listen, if you subconsciously if you subconsciously feel like you need to just chew, just to chew, without actually wanting to eat. That's clear indication you might want to look up. Just for I'm not. Just yeah, I'm not trying to starve you, man. I'm just saying, like when you that's, that's when, when you constantly give in to your body and it's like, okay, I'm hungry, I gotta eat. Yeah, bro. Right, it's, it becomes like an addiction. Yeah. Because it's habitual. Yeah. You're like, okay, I eat now. I'm hungry. I have to eat. You don't always have to eat Facts. when you're hungry. So it don't seem to be happy, man. When I'm, not, when I'm hungry, when I'm hungry, I'm kind of not happy. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I, I, he's like, I, I punched my neighbor in the mouth last week. It's, it's angry. You're yeah. like the super Everybody's used to eating certain types of food, especially if you're eating an American diet. There's barely anything nutrition that you're eating. That's trying to be funny. That's just living in America. So when you do naturally fast from processed foods, particularly, yes, you're going to go through the migraines. You're going to go through the, the frequent nausea. You're going to go through the... Di- dizziness whatever it is you're detoxing mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying so there's there's a, a significant there's something on a spiritual level not even trying to take it there but there is something very powerful when you fast when you starve your physical flesh not even just food tv uh, phone screen just having mindful moments and mm-hmm. having setting intention there's something very powerful spiritually doing yeah. that soul you're feeding more of the soul you know what okay I, I rationalize i try to be logical <laughs> the honest truth I don't smoke. I don't drink at all. Like I'm the dude New Year's Eve. I'm probably not gonna. You might have to beg me to drink. Right, you drinking on ginger ale? Yeah, ginger ale. I'm the dude with water, but we all out. Uh, I can have a good time. Is it Canada dry ginger ale? Instead of that cigarette, it might be me popping a Ritz Bits cookie or something. That's my. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, instead of drinking and everyone, I might eat pretzels because that's at the bar. I mean, you want eating pretzels in a dare part sure, order. Sure. So that's my yeah. way. Yeah, that's my little way of spring water, not purified. You know, where another person hey, they might smoke or they got a little drink. Everybody has their own vices. I get that, man. So, you know? so do you meditate? I do. Okay, I do. I have ADHD, so I, for me, it's very important yeah. to have my every day. Yeah. So every day. So I, I mean, I have my I have my process that I mm-hmm. go through every single day. Same. It's like probably a twenty five minute, twenty minute process. Same. But wake up. Meditation has been one of those things for me. So when we're talking about this stuff, like giving into vices and like, man, I just want this to calm or dopamine hit or something like that. That meditation has been one of my things to just kind of keep me present and it, it allows me to so much comes at you over the course of a day mm-hmm. right so you have these needs from the family you have this tax audit that's coming in here you've got a podcast to do you got this order that needs to be put 
like you just get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Meditation has been my solution to all that. It helps me eliminate all that chatter. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I can just go, I can put this down for two hours. I go, everyone I know that meditation it's not a a, like for me and I won't speak for anybody else it's not a spiritual thing it's not a godly thing Mm -hmm. whether you believe in God or not it's your time to shut up and listen to God not ask God for any questions that's it yeah yeah, and that it's in those moments when you do that over time, you're able to condition yourself to be like, all right, well, like, yeah, I might be a little bit hungry, but it's, I'm good without that. It's listen, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you said when you bet, then you had to realize that I'm really not that hungry. So you're just so used to getting what you want. Yeah, because not trying to be funny, if you was out in Africa, out in Africa or a very impoverished area. Whether you wanted a rich bit or not, you ain't getting it. But I'm not in Africa. I'm in the crib but, with. But, that, but it's still practice. But it's good to still practice. Though. I'm in Philadelphia. No, I don't choose the practice though. Yeah. What just in case? Because like, what if you do? What if you just happen? Okay, you're an American. You could afford it, but for whatever reason, you just really can't. You're snowed in. You will have to do it out anyway. That's why I'm mad. People see when they get their little hot toddies. They, oh my God. they do. This is what people do. A lot of people they get their little drink or whatever. And hey, that's their little down, whatever, vice, whatever. We all got, I think, they'll be used. You know? I'm just saying, it's practice. Yeah. It's good to practice sometimes. Do whatever you desire the most, that's a dangerous position, especially for a man to be in. If you feed that desire all the time, that ain't like, good. Whether it's water, thing. too much water, good. Too much water, kill I'm you. eating a good snack. If you're not urinating. Really yeah. good, I got this thing, I get in a deep thought. I start what? thinking. You never think. What's you, it? No, you what is deep thought? You're drinking a good juice or something that tastes really good and they make you like zone out somewhere. What the hell are you drinking, dude? Might be drinking some good tasting juice or soda. I mean, not soda, but like whatever. Some gin- you said ginger ale earlier. Ginger ale? Okay, that's when the stomach is bubbling. It's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. So, you say you meditate. So, like, I don't meditate. You meditate. Long- don't? No. So what, need, what is your meditation process? Yeah, I was about to say that. I didn't want to mess you. Man, I want to so I wake up, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, mm-hmm. and I have some meditation pillows that I'll sit on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really just helps me kind of get into a comfortable position. Okay. I don't, because it is so damn early and I might have gotten four hours sleep. I don't use any back support. If I have back support, I'm out. Keeps you up. There yeah, you go. I can fall asleep. So I got no back support. Mm-hmm. I sit and, you know, I, I go through my process to where I'm just trying anything that comes into my head. I thank it, try to push it out. Like I literally envision a hand in my head and red Corvette. Like I'm not a Corvette guy. Red Corvette just came into my head. I'm like, thank you for that. Whatever reason. And I go like push it out and you condition yourself over time just to be able to sit and you think of it is blankness. My man, the stuff that'll come into your head, and you still thank the universe for bringing it there is it's some crazy stuff like i, I mean I've, I've been and i didn't learn how to do this until later on i wish i would have learned it earlier i think everybody should learn how to do this mm-hmm. it was like 80 doctors we're in the, the hills of north texas they took away our watches they fed us you know vegan food for three days like it was it was intense every, we ran a 10k every day and these are guys like cardiologists that were 50 pounds overweight but everybody stayed in a group and there's power in a group like it was amazing some amazing shit that we did but they taught us how to meditate and after that everybody would go to this pavilion and share like and some of the things that people would share is just nuts it's just next level like i could i could try to share you some stories but it gets me emotional just talking about it like but it was some crazy stuff like and these are all well accomplished well accomplished guys yeah but i you know i taught you know i was taught how to do that and man it has been amazing ever since like my day's off if i don't if i don't do it it's truly off if i don't do it and then i'll journal and it's the easiest thing you could do it's so simple you don't need anything around you. You don't. You don't need. You don't. Any, you don't need so anything around you. Do it in your. Yourself. You do it in your car. So I just have everything quiet and just. Yeah. So, close my eyes. so everyone has techniques because again, I have ADHD. So, the average person things pop into their head. For me, I I'm always constantly on the go. So this is very important for me. Yeah. But what I was taught was to envision a circle, right? And anything as the thoughts try to come in, like you said, something random, like uh, whatever, push it outside the circle to yep. where you can't see it, and just visualize the circle. 
and that's how I practice. And then from now, there, is this circle black? Like everything around you, um, black? like you know, I'm associating black. Uh, you don't have to take it there, man. Yeah, how, however you envision it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, how <laughs> no, I'm trying to. Like, <laughs> you know, you stop, man. Yeah, like, just in a circle, like, just a line. Yes, outline yeah, uh, yeah. the circle. It could be a white background, like a paper. Yep. And any random thoughts that come, that which they will, because our brain is always trying to keep us on go, which is why you are fighting it. It's very, it seems very easy, but it's very difficult. No, it's too. If you were upset about something, can you go meditate? Yes, it's your best time to meditate. Yes. Because, you're worried, and this is- When this you're is, worried, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, this, this is why. So you take yourself down those holes. Like you start asking yourself bad questions. I don't know if you were here when we talked about this, but like, you, you know, you, you start asking yourself disempowering questions. Am I worthy? Correct. And as soon as you ask yourself those questions, you're done because your, your brain is going to put the answers in that just further takes you down the hole. Like, Mm -hmm. and why can't I squat 315? You can't squat 315 because you're weak as hell. Mm -hmm. You can't squat 315 because your hips are for shit. (laughs) Right? Like those are the bad, those are the bad answers. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you ask yourself empowering things like, how can I squat 315? Like there's an, it's entirely different. Like at that point, you just got a solution. Like, well, fuck it. Maybe I'll start training legs two times a week now. Maybe I'll start incorporating box squat. Like it's mm-hmm. all the solutions. Mm-hmm. But when you start to meditate, when you change that mindset, you will literally, all that garbage that comes to you throughout the course of the day, you're going to be able to filter out the shit that you don't need. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that you do need, you are certainly much more clear in how to address it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Much more clear. Like mm-hmm. it just gives you clarity to answer yeah. the questions that are so front and center, just at a, at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Function at a higher level with that. I feel like I would really struggle with being able to do that. It's tough to do at first. It's like, I, just like, listening to you, I would struggle. With, there, I can't sit meditation still. Meditation help with sleep. Yeah. Because yeah. I know that can be a problem. I think I tend to think of things like, but Joe, that's like, that's how you, that's how you start. Like, and I'll still to this day, like there are some days where I get into that, into that zone where I just have blankness within 30 seconds. Like you just fall into the groove. And there are other days that I just struggle. I fight it the whole way. And, and then that mindset after I come out, I'm like, man, that sucked. Like that was, I, I got to do that again in the afternoon. Like I'm just, it was not a good session. So I still struggle with that. But okay. there now the vast majority of the time I'm able to get into it pretty damn quickly. And yeah, but it's, gotcha. it takes a while to develop. And another thing that I think that I, that I started implementing in my life is, so, so when people think of meditation, they think staying still monk style. Mm. But there's other ways. As long as you're mindful, you're meditating, mm. right? So you could be reading something. The, the scriptures, are, I'm a biblical person. The scripture says, pray and meditate on my word. So you can be reading and meditate. So anytime you're slowing the brain down, you're in a meditating state. So what I'll do is um, before bed, I'll turn out the lights while I'm in the dark so I have nothing distracting me. And I'll stretch while I'm meditating. So I'll play frequency um, I'll play words of affirmation and while I'm in the dark, I'm just stretching and I'm giving thanks to my forearm, my fingers at work. You're just praising and giving thanks to what you've been given yeah. and you're using that time, that mindfulness. And it's just a lot easier. So if you can't keep still physically do some stretches while you're meditating. And it's, for me, that works amazingly as well, especially right, yeah, before, I do especially right before bed, you get the best asleep. sleep right before bed. True. Yeah, Better I just fall asleep. Maybe I'm just weak minded. I really feel like I, I can't. I need as to much do. as I would try, I understand challenges. Yeah. We would to battle sections. Challenges. It started. Made. You started three minutes. Challenges like, are made. You started three minutes, and yeah. you know, you move I'll, up, move up from there. I'll make Something an effort to, to start today. Mm-hmm. Next week, I will tell you how long I was yeah. able to do it. Does everything yeah. have to be quiet around you? Cause that can be tough. No, because for me, like I said, sometimes if I really, most of the time I try to do quiet because again, most people run from silence. Most men, most people That's are me. very, yeah, silence right? is eerie to them. It's very uncomfortable. I love but so I try to aim for silence, but for me, I'll do words it. of affirmation. I'll listen to Bible scriptures it, or stuff like that. When things are, are silent, my anxiety increases. Are you serious? Yes. Dude, this will help you though. Yes. It's common, though. Like I can't, like I need the television on at night. I can't sleep. What? Yep, like I you can't. TV one? Oh, I can't even do it. Yeah, it's all trying to be honest. If everything's dark, I don't know what's coming after me. <laughs> like, oh, I'm that guy. Get a anxiety increases. Get a little night. No, I need you know, background did you, know, did you know that when you sleep with the TV on? So your phone makes noises when you sleep? Like, shh. You know how people no, got little noises. Television does. Yeah, I heard no, that. No, but the NBA. No, but I stop. Statistically, I heard when you sleep with the TV on, although you are. One part of your brain is sleep. I don't know which one is, but with the light reflecting through your eyelids, you're not getting the proper sleep that you would be getting. Yeah. And but if you think about it, our ancestors, whether you, whether you think Neanderthals or whatever, previously, 
when when the sun went down, it was nighttime and it was dark. So cold, we are dark naturally cave. supposed to sleep like that. That's where you sleep. Yeah, cold, dark. So, so pay attention to the history. So Did you used to like when you sleep with the TV on. Is it sports on? Dude. I would think sports. Like, you know, I, I can't wake either, up to Jason killing somebody. Oh, it's, it's either sports or The Office. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Then those are pleasant kind of things to you, right? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Michael does some questionable stuff on The Office. So, oh, right, man. Um, but it's over, a funny show. No, but it's not like I'm facing. Like, I don't even have to be facing the TV. Got you. Like, it's just I need you something like the blue to side act. Like that it's comfort that it's on. I fall asleep listening to something. Oh, when I was a kid, I stayed the night over this one friend's house, and he slept the TV on, and his dad slept in the living room with the TV on, and his yeah. mom slept in her bedroom with the TV on. Yeah. I was yeah. like, nah, bro. I was like, I, I got to go home. It was like 3 in the morning. I'm walking home like, nah, I need my darkness. I did hear in the Yeah, so, so my girlfriend used to have to have everything off yeah. prior to meeting me because she met me, Roll and we've known each other. Her now she needs the television on. Messed her up. She was like, "I don't know what you did to me." They know we but now she needs the television on. Just sleep. I just can't. I can't. It's, my anxiety increases for whatever reason, man. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weak minded. I don't know. No. No, I'm not gonna lie. The one time it was dark, I will. I'll share this story. You heard of float? Yeah. So there's a place in my job. It's called float, where you can sit in this Epsom salt bath. It's yep. very cool. Um. So the lady was like, "Listen, you can turn off the projector." And you can turn on the lights. Sensory deprivation. And man, bro, when I tell you, now I'm sitting in a in a tub that's like no more than like six inches. I'm floating in this Epsom salt. I turn off the light in the projector immediately. I'm thinking like the Kraken, the Megalodon, everything's scary because I'm sitting in water. So I'm thinking yeah. I'm out in like uh, water. Psychologically, bro, that messed me up. And I tried as long as I could, but I was panicking. I was yeah. hyperventilating. It was scary. Mm. I turned the Would it be off. possible for you to sleep with the TV on and you put the sleep timer for like three hours? No. And then you know you fell asleep. No. So when it go off in three hours, even though you was already asleep, you're going to wake up? So that, if, if I, hold on. If I wake up and that fucking television's off, it's going back on. Now that shows he's not asleep then. So you won't be able to go back to sleep. I have to, I drink two sleep. gallons of water a day out of urinate. Oh, so he didn't go to sleep. The fact that he had to wake up to turn the TV back on. Yeah. You ain't sleep. I fall asleep at nine. If I wake up at three, that's six hours. And then I go back to sleep and sleep for another couple. Because he gets up to go what to the bathroom. What are you talking about? He's going to get up and go to the bathroom. Your brain Right? Your brain fucking. Got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Listen, no. I'll put it like this. Who's here first, me or you in the morning? There it is. Whoop, there it is. What's that mean? No, no. I live the furthest. Okay. So what that mean? I'm I'm up early. If I lived further than you, I would still get here before you. I'm Whoop, up, there it is. What time do you get up? What time? No, no, no. Oh, fine. I'll answer. I get up at, well, what time we get here today? Six? Yeah, all the time. I was up at five. You're not. You're I not was up at. We're not going to have a couple argument on on our podcast. We're not going to do that. I'm up before you. I live the furthest. I'm here all that. Anyway, so how do you sleep? You sleep in the dark. Yeah. Five ten. I got you. Yeah. Got wow. you, got you. And I was yeah. up at five. Actually, four fifty five today. Want a parade? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's late for you because during the week you're earlier. Right? No, I guess no. My point is, in all seriousness, I get a lot of sleep, and I, I don't wake up tired. That's how I know my clock is. That's excellent. Then that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, because I'm up at three fifty every day. So. Call me out, bitch. Now, your occupation, could you just explain to the people like what you do? How did you lean into that? How did you find your craft in that? Yeah, so, um, so I have a doctoral degree in chiropractic. So uh, undergraduate degree in, in health sciences. So I went to Hahnemann before I went to Drexel. Over um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. How long have you been? You still there? Hahnemann's no, no, no. not there no more. No. Right? So it Hahnemann, was recent. Yeah, so Hahnemann was, was gobbled up by Drexel. Yeah, because I don't want to... Just hear me out. My mom, when she was sick, that's where she was going for her liver specialist. Yeah. It was an excellent facility when Fantastic. we were there. They had yeah. a great specialist. So that's yeah. why I was asking. I was curious. Yeah. So I don't know when. Um, you know, I got a call one year from Drexel, you know, looking for money from the alumni. And I went to Hahnemann. Hahnemann is now. So I can't remember what year that was. But yeah. And they might still call it Hahnemann Hospital. I don't Probably. know. Probably. But yeah, it's now it's now under the Drexel, Drexel. umbrella. Um but, you know, that all stemmed from, from playing ice hockey. So my, my first pro camp, so it was with the Flyers in 89-90, um, horrible injury to my low back. So, mm-hmm. like, one of, those, one of those times where you, you truly have hard bone on soft nerve. Like, that's the, the chiropractic philosophy that, that most people work under that assumption. And it's just not the case, right? It's just not true. We know that now. Very, very, very few instances where there is hard bone on soft nerve. Most of the time, it's just soft tissue injuries. 
So, but in this condition, there was, and we had the best of the best orthopedic surgeons and everybody, man, I couldn't get on the ice. And, mm. you know, we'd establish this, like I was a dog, I was a grunt. If I'm not out there grinding, like I'm not, there's not a place for me anywhere. Like just going to say, see ya. So, you know, I remember that, you know, they took me over to, to Jefferson, saw some guys and they're like, oh, you know, it's, you're just going to have to ride this out. I spoke to my father who's in medicine. He's like, you know what, didn't you go to school with someone who's now a chiropractor? Why don't you go and try that? All right. So, you know, at the time, camp was at the Coliseum in Voorhees, I think. I don't know if anybody remembers the, the Coliseum in Voorhees. Um, but we were staying at the, the Hyatt on Route 70, and I drove over to Collingswood, saw my friend there. And I went to school with him, played street hockey with him. One adjustment, and I was back on the ice. Mm. Like, literally, it was the greatest gift that anybody could have ever given me. And I grew up, my whole family's in medicine, my father, my uncles, like... I saw that what they did. And although it's, it's unbelievable to be able to help someone like that, there was no joy in it. Like there wasn't, you know, you're on call, things are going off in the middle of the night. And I, as a kid, we talked about presentness. Like, I remember that, like we'd be at the movies. My dad's like, I gotta go. Like, I I gotta, I gotta get in right now. Like done. So when speaking to my friend about that, and I never had a plan B after my career ended, I went to go see him. How, like, how life is, though? Life is all you can't, dude, you can't it is, set life on a straight and narrow path. No, it's not. So it's really planned for me. So that's how I got into it. I thought, man, what a great awesome. thing. If I could do this for somebody else. Awesome. So went to chiropractic school. Um, that was another four years after I graduated from Hahnemann. Another four years. So I went to school down in Marietta, Georgia. Um, loved Atlanta. What a great, what a great city. Like, Atlanta. Great city. I used to train at Lee Haney's Animal Kingdom. Whoa. Um, yeah. What? That is throwing it back. Way back. Way back. I told you that I could tell you about Attilus. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was a cool experience. Um, and then after that started my, my first practice, which was just largely chiropractic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after chiropractic, you know, you see so many patients and you're really kind of limited with what you can with what you can do for them. Um, you know, just because of the demographic, you have a lot of patients that are a little older, a little bit heavier concomitant joint issues more fragile i guess you could say absolutely so you know somebody comes in that they're 60 pounds overweight diabetic and like i'm not adjusting that away so you can't (laughs) right i'm going to hurt you yeah so we got into some different different programs at that point um i incorporated medicine into it got a, a larger facility uh, we were doing visco supplementation for knees. So, you know, a lot of people call it the gel shots. So, yes. you know, if a joint space it. is compromised, if it's narrowed and you're, yeah. you're, you're approximating bone to bone, if you lubricate it, you're going to do much better. And then once you do that and you get them out of pain, you can change lifestyle. Yep. So that's when we, we can start to address, okay, so, you know, this is how we address our diet. This is how we address activities. And you can literally change those people's lives. So we had a great run with that. That was probably... Nice. 10 years uh, to where I am now. So now I'm out of that altogether. And now I'm into specialty. So, so rheumatology. So I work with, I work with rheumatologists and things. So what I'm able to bring them is more business development side of it. Like, I don't, you know, know a whole lot about rheumatology. It wasn't my specialty, but um, you know, I, I know business offered, offered, yeah. and I know how we can increase, you know, revenue streams and lines of service, things that they don't currently offer. So that's, that's right now down in Florida mm-hmm. uh, and there are two facilities. So we just added a third facility and we're looking at a fourth. So it's, that's it's growing nice. rapidly. So yeah. it's, again, we talked about this. You can't work you can't work on your business while working in it. So it's really allowed me to, to take a step back because now I can't, you know, I'm not licensed. I can't do that. Yeah. Like just work on it and say, all right, this is what we can implement. This awesome. is what we do. And this is where we acquire a new space here and another provider. And awesome. so we can grow rapidly. It's, it's in your thing. years of practicing and what you've seen, plenty of different patients, different issues, everything. You know, a lot of people, they talk about this part, the lower back. <laughs> what do people do that you've seen, you know, multiple cases day in and day out that affects their lower back? So what we're doing right now. Wow, that was a Sit large, chair. Can I say yep. something on that? Please. So you're probably going to yell. Posture? You're probably going to yell at me for doing this. I sleep on my stomach. So I will not yell at you for doing That's that. Mm. Really? No. I will not. Good, I can't do that. No, I will not. Okay. Thank God. No, Thank God. No. So largely posture and large so posture is controlled by an area of your brain that is unconscious whatever you do repetitively 
goes into that area of the brain and that dictates posture. So most people now are sitting at a station with their pelvis rotated forward. So actually the back of the pelvis comes back posterior. So ass envision ass tucked in, right? No ass. Thoracic cage translates this way. Head translates this way. Shoulders probably hunched over. Shoulders. So over time, now your body adopts that. You get mm -hmm. soft tissue changes. Nervous system is then going to run down through that protective bony coating through your spine. Tension, pressure on certain areas. So that's the that's where you get that nerve interference. It's not hard bone on soft nerve. Wow. So and then to come in and to adjust someone one time, like, all right, maybe I could get them. If they're truly that two percent that has that condition, okay, great. Go be on your way. Mm -hmm. But for the the majority of the people that have just chronic low back issues, yeah. it's a postural correction that takes time. So you have a not only have to address the osseous material, the bone, but then the soft tissue changes as well. So think about taking the elastic in the top of your sweatpants and stretching it once. It goes back. back. But if you take that and you hold it for 12 hours and you let it go, it's called rheology. That's going to come back to a certain extent, but you've made a change. Mm -hmm. So you have to do that constantly. And we have established norms for what the spine should look like. There are measurements and things for that. So you put them back to that position and they function at a higher level. Pain goes away, but you're not concerned with the pain because you could have shit posture mm -hmm. and have no pain but we're still not performing as well as what you should yeah, right yeah. so you can't use the symptoms as the barometer of success wow. everybody does they're like oh well pain's gone i'm good now because well, that's what most people think about and i think also too a lot of people they go to the chiropractor once and they think that's the end all be all <laughs> oh I'm, I'm fixed i'm healed yeah uh this is years of you deteriorating your body correct so it's gonna take years to restore, restore something at least yeah, true. Do it oh, so it goes to show it's not gonna get back yeah i mean i feel like i need a chiropractor right. because when i work out i'm always misaligned yeah and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's like hips or it's like back. especially when i work on shoulders like when if i do a lateral raise my left shoulder elevates more than my right and i have no fucking so idea. here's the so here's the cool thing you so what you want to do is you want to do it like a postural assessment the easiest way to do this is Put your shorts on, you do it naked, whatever you want to do. Stand in front of a mirror. Close your eyes, march in place maybe five times. Move your head back and forth, open your eyes, and look at your posture. That will be repeatable every time you do it. So you're going to notice, okay, I have maybe a right head tilt. Maybe I have a high right shoulder. So if I'm your mirror right now, I see this. Mm -hmm. right? So that's going to be largely repeatable. And then when you get into those periods where you're truly taxing yourself, lateral races, whatever, background muscle tone takes over and you go right back to it. Mm. But now people will say like, well, man, I have tendonitis in this shoulder and I have nothing wrong with your shoulder. It's the actual structure. Structure mm. dictates function every single time. Wow. So if you hold that structure for long enough and tax it like you are, like how many people are gonna train that hard? Very, very few. That is stress in and of itself. Mm. With a compromised structure, you start to get a breakdown of the tissue. Wow. Simple as that. Wow. So you correct it. So that's not one adjustment. It's an actual biomechanical change of the structure. Okay. And one thing with chiropractors, uh, they're like, what, how would you, who would benefit from like spinal decompression? So, me. Yeah, <laughs> and is yeah. So, dude, this is a, for everybody. So, this is a great. This is a great question, and I fucking go back and forth on this all the time. So, downstairs we have that um, reverse hyperextension machine, mm -hmm. right? So, invented by Louis Simmons, West Side Barbell, popularized by all those guys, and and they'll they'll be the first to say like this. It decompresses the spine, like it doesn't. So, true decompression in your discs. Mm -hmm. So, you think you have vertebra, disc, vertebra, disc. In those discs, when they become compromised, their pressure increases. So much like you measure blood pressure in millimeters of mercury, those discs are under a pressure. Yeah. As they start to bulge and or herniate, the pressure goes up. Decompression is actually getting those numbers, that pressure back down, lowering those numbers. Mm -hmm. So phenomenal if you think about it. Now, when you go to do things like, you know, you're training, you're lifting up, uh, you know, a, a thing of laundry, like when you compress that, you're adding more pressure to a compromised disc, you exacerbate the problem. 
So people that can benefit from true decompression, and you can either do that with a machine, non-surgical, or with a scalpel. You cut it away, right? Not great. So the science behind that is not great. But really the people that can go through that protocol are the ones that have true disc issues. So herniations, bulges. Now, if you just want to distract the spine, which is what we have downstairs, you can hang with something. I would say dead hangs. I usually do dead, dead hangs. You can do that. Inversion hangs. That's distraction. It's not decompression because ah. no, because what will happen is to achieve decompression, you can't have any type of contraction around it. So if you think about it, before you're actually, you're setting up for a deadlift, you, you, you tense up, right? You pull all that air in and it's like you're bearing down, like you're trying to go to the bathroom, right? That increases, it's called intrathecal pressure. It's the pressure inside of the spinal column. It stabilizes everything, like your core, like that makes you tight, but it increases the pressure in the discs as well. So to achieve that, you can't have any muscular contraction. So if you do a reverse hyper, if you do an inversion hang, most people can't do that and just completely relax. There's going to be some level of like tense. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You're driving those pressures up. You can't achieve decompression. It's distraction. You're distracting it, but you can't achieve decompression. So yeah, everybody, you clear that up. Everybody yeah, will yeah. benefit from it. But you know, one is completely different from the other. Wow. It's like, so you think about, um, long axis traction like you've okay. seen that you've seen the pictures of that like in old medical journals where they had like the rack and they're pulling people apart if i were to grab your arm to pull it you tense up and you pull back mm -hmm. same thing if you're using a reverse hyper or if you're doing inversion you're, you're, there's there's going to be a level of tense there rigidity so it's not true decompression correct wow. it's not and then but, what, but it is if, beneficial 100 percent. just not it's it not, is beneficial it, okay. it's just not going to achieve the desired outcome so with decompression, and you have those patients that you'll evaluate on an MRI, not an X-ray, but an MRI. So okay. you, you see that discrepancy there. Over time, as that is decompressed, it retracts the tissue. It pulls it back. So if you have a bulge or herniation, it can pull it back. And then type 2 collagen fibers are going to grow around the outside of the disc, and it heals it. That's how it works. Wow. Can't do that with just distraction. Never going to work. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I got a, a random question now. Fire. It might not be directed to exactly what we're speaking about, but what are some things that you've noticed uh, when you watch individuals work out and you, and you, you won't say this to them, but you're I like, oh. you see some stuff. Oh, oh, oh man. Fuck. your back. Like there when she they goes. squatting with the bar. Not only did they some. shoot themselves, but dead lips. I know you're seeing some. So this is so, and it's funny, you know. I don't see as much of it here, and, and I think that's just because. What a Planet Fitness. <laughs> no, so so when I'm places. down, when I'm down in Florida, so I train. It's called uh, Esporta. So it's. I think it was in LA Fitness at one they point. Commercial gym. Yeah. Yep. It, it is. It is a dumpster fire. Like I walk around and I just cringe between wow. watching people and like what they're doing. So. It's amazing at how resilient your spine is. What your spine does not like yeah. is flexion and rotation at the same time. Yeah. So you can you can deadlift uh -huh. and you can have a rounded back and still be strong as hell and really not compromise yourself. But then you start to add in things, Joe, like you said, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm noticing like I do a lateral raise and this one shoulder is higher than the other and you might have a, a thoracic rotation so now i rotate my my chest my thorax one way and i have that rounded spine when i deadlift like that's a recipe for disaster mm -hmm. and it's the same thing as when people say like what'd you do to hurt your back like i didn't do anything i bent down I and i picked up back. a sock I and i turned it. like that's it, it the, the aberrant structure was already there you just did some innocuous activity to actually just exacerbate the problem wow yeah, so wow. I, it is. It is common that I that I see that, and and man, there are some, just some people just don't know how to train. Like, and that's yeah. Like I think a lot of people also don't understand the anatomy of their body. No, they don't understand that when you hurt no. something, you're going to compensate and overcompensate yep. another body part. So you're like, oh well, it started in my back, but now my shoulders hurt. Exactly. Well, because now your shoulders are doing extra work. Sure. Everything's connected. Yes. So I, yeah, I think a lot of people are talking about the false pretense turns into if I can pack weight on this, I'm doing. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I'm That's the false pretense. Like, yeah. You put the weight on there. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people squat, right? They do back, you know, they do barbell squats. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the movement itself, is it more 
like detrimental or beneficial? And is it, does it come down to the actual form? Like, even if you're doing proper form, I would still say it puts some type of stress on your lower back. Yeah. No. But so that your, your spine, mm-hmm. it loves compressive loads. Oh, it does. It does. So your discs are avascular. So they don't have a blood supply. Okay. Right. So you say like, how does it get, because it needs nutrition, right? Something's got to feed it. So, and they're, they're watery. So you have the, if you think of a disc, you know, if a disc looks like the, the coffee lid cover here Mm -hmm. on the outer portion of it, it's, they're called annular fibers and it's, it's very, very thick and, um, structured it 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 keeps the inner material in then you have the nucleus and the inside of that disc which is fluid so when that fluid starts to migrate towards the outside towards those thick connective fibers and they start to break down that's where you get your herniations and or bulges and or extrusions right that's the that's the thing but those discs need that compressive load it's called imbibition when you press them down, it pushes the fluid out. And when you decompress or distract, it's like an accordion, pulls it back in. So it needs that nutrition. So, you know, all the stuff that we do in here is great. And people will say that like, well, man, I got bad knees. I don't want to do a full range of motion. I don't want compressive load. I don't want to do a leg press. Like that's the worst thing that you can do. That's one of the best things that you can do. It's going to hurt initially when you do it. But that cartilage in your knee, it needs those compressive forces. It doesn't like shearing forces, yeah. you know, so you're seeing people that will press and they're going to rotate their, yeah. you know, they're yeah. going from adduction to abduction and they're all over the place. Like you want to eliminate that, wow. but we want, we want the compressive load. Yeah. It's good. So what it sounds like you're saying is that the, it, body, you know, the body is made. You know what you do? We got to get the, right. So what you're saying <laughs> is the body is really made to, to go through a lot of pressure oh, man. And, and you know we're yeah. built we're built 100%. to go through struggle and like so 100 percent interesting and then yeah. with heavy loads does it also build bone density yes mm-hmm. absolutely does. i think so heavy lifting does build bone, bone density. Does. Okay. So, when, helps. so when you and especially with with women like you know one of the biggest things so osteoporosis is going to really going to affect more women than it does men men sure. can be affected by it absolutely mm-hmm. but predominantly it's going to be more geared towards towards women but if you can gain bone density while you have the opportunity, you do it. So you can take all the drugs, Fosamax, you know, everything else to help build bone density. Mm-hmm. The number one thing over time that's been shown to build the most bone density is weight bearing activity. Wow. That's why you find people a lot older, they are completely fragile. One, because they didn't work out. So the older you get, you lose muscle mass and yep. the density, but now your bones are fragile. So this is why you hear that old lady who stepped up the stairs and she broke her pelvis and like well if you just walked up the stairs yeah that makes perfect sense you have to i mean you you have to and you can't treat the body with kit gloves i mean you 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 have to be smart about it (laughs) right right right. like i'm not going to take an 80 year old but you're built to go through some shit like come on y'all push yourself you absolutely you're you're meant you're meant to go through you're you're less you're less for us so what you think you are so man you enlightened us a lot today man i had no idea about both of us it's right now um yeah i mean what other questions do you guys have for Rob, um, can I train with you? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> he puts in work. Your car, we need your information because yeah, he puts in some work. Yeah, puts in some work. Absolutely. As of right now, I have no other questions because I think I'm just pondering, and I, we have a lot that we can definitely um look back and just yeah. reflect on. But this is definitely not the first. No, man, I love um, that. I, this is just actually this is actually really enjoyable. Like, yeah. it, and you know the the majority of the time it's like mm-hmm. now it's you know guys what, one last question. Like, just throwing shit back and forth. Like, yeah, it's really yeah. enjoyable. Good. Yeah, I wanted good. to ask you because he talked about sleeping on his stomach in the back. Mm-hmm. What about sleeping? Is there a proper What's way to sleep? Yeah, that's good. Because that that right side. there. Because I ain't gonna lie, I've had some good sleep and just woke up and was like, oh. But I slept yeah. great up here. No, yeah. I'm dead. You also in your 40s, bro. No, I'm playing. Which I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm yeah. playing. So <laughs> don't get punched. Also, old head. Yeah, so here, you know what I mean? Here's the thing with with sleep, and you'll hear you'll hear people go back and forth and say like, "Oh, this is an orthopedic approved mattress," and like it, it doesn't. You sleep how you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. But that having been said, you need to sleep to where you can keep your body relatively in its anatomical normal, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a side sleeper. Mm-hmm. Right. It's me. Okay. So you're a side sleeper. When you sleep on your side, what you're going to do is if your pillow is too thick, so you're a wide dude, right? Mm-hmm. Both of you, 
If you sleep on your side, your pillow's too thin, and you sleep on your left, you're going to have a left head tilt yes. over time. Yes. Right? If your pillow's too thick, you're going to have a right head tilt. There you go. So you just need to try to minimize those things. So then you're going to have somebody look and say, like, man, how thick am I from my ear to my shoulder to where I can lie on my side and my head is relatively neutral with my spine? Mm-hmm. Like that's how you pick and choose these things. Like I hip- fold my pillow in half. Yeah, so I have, a, can... I have a light pillow, so I just fold it in half, and it makes a perfect. Yep. So perfect height. For with... it. Is it better to sleep on your back, straight back? Now, ideally, but I can't sleep. Like I'm I not this I can't. Yeah. But my girl was like, "There's be better. my girl." So you can't sleep on your back. I snore way worse. Yeah, when you I can't. Do so I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, you, it's it's diff- that's difficult to do. So you just try to. You try to minimize the insult, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the best way to go about it. And then when you're on your side, also you think about like what's going to happen, you know, with your legs. So typically one leg is going to come over and now your pelvis is rotated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can use a pillow in between there to kind of keep that, mm-hmm. keep that stable. But you sleep in the position that's going to give you the most productive recuperation. Mm-hmm. And then you just try to minimize the hazards associated with that aberrant position and then okay. and then never yeah. forget turn off the damn tv oh man <laughs> Yo, we gotta talk and then, <laughs> and then the, you know i'll just ask one final question to um what would be your advice to people that you know have been training a long time but that want to continue training for longevity into their 40s into yeah. their 50s into their 60s absolutely what would be the one piece of advice you would give them man so is this going to be a is this going to be a, a structural thing or is this, are we looking more towards like a solution thing to keep them bringing their asses back? Cause not, I will say this, mm-hmm. not everybody are wired like you and I, like that's very, that's very rare. Correct. Right? Like I just enjoy the suffering. Yeah. You talk to the average person. They're like, man, I hate that. I don't go to the gym. Like, you know? pain. Yeah. So are we talking more along the lines like preservation of structure or the the compliance and continuing long-term. We'll go the compliance. Okay. So for me, it's all about motivation is ridiculous. I agree with you. Motivation is bullshit. Motivation is, is, is tied to shiny objects. So like you're, it's ego seeking, right? Correct. So the next thing that comes up, that's like, oh man, this like, okay, the workout's done. Like I'm going on to this, right? We got Eagles tickets. Like, forget that. I'm not going to train legs on something. Like I'm going to go tailgate, right? Yeah. So for me, it's tying, it's tying it to purpose. So you got to find your true purpose. And I'll have this discussion with patients, clients. What's the purpose? And they'll say like, it's this. All right, go about seven levels deeper than that. Mm. Like purpose is going to be tied to something like you're afraid of dying. Yeah. Like you're afraid of your spouse and your family, like not being able to exist without you. That's fucking purpose. It should be soul shaking. Yeah. Once you establish that purpose, then you need to look towards the, the next step. So you got purpose you have, I just lost my train of thought there. So you have purpose and then you're going to go to priorities it's got to be one priority. Mm-hmm. So it's not multiple because when you have multiple, you just can't get anything done. Mm-hmm. That purpose is tied to a singular priority that prior to like making it to the gym mm-hmm. that then governs the action steps. Like how are you going to control that? So purpose, priority, action. So, and one nice. dictates the other and without it. Like if you're just working on motivation, it's just not, it's not yeah. going to happen. It's that's not why, there. That's why people quit yeah. during their new year's resolution because of, that's done. Stick has got to kind of be a part of you. Something you just do. Yeah. That takes, I mean, it takes, some, make it a, think, like some people say that if I put it in the gym, I don't feel yeah. right. Yeah, it, is, it, it is, it is completely intentional and it, and it requires a lot of introspection to come up with purpose. And for me, that's changed over the years. So what my true purpose is of why I'm here at quarter to six on a Saturday morning when it's 14 degrees outside, like, I don't want to train legs. Like, that's the last thing I want to do. But like, yeah. can't feel them. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, I'm, can't feel I'm them. here because I know when I go through that yeah. level of suffering, I'm creating the best version of myself where I can deliver the best type of care to 
my wife and daughter. Like yeah, that's man. my and wow. That's, that's where it's I powerful. And that's what and it that's is. Uh, it's a genuine answer. It is. That's what right? it is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, we appreciate you being here, man. Uh, you and you open my eyes. I, I won't you, speak for that, but you open my eyes still a lot. Melancholy. I thought my stomach sleeping was a big issue here. No, but, uh, it was so many myth busters you did in yeah, here, yeah, man. Yeah, a lot. Thank you. The so war has been over yeah. my eyes. Yeah, I appreciate you. it. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Yes. Pleasure's mine. Thank you guys for watching. Be blessed. Much love. Peace.